All right, we're going to get started. Hey, everybody, it's Aaron Dillon here, Managing Director for AG Dillon & Co. We're a venture capital firm focused on pre-IPO companies, uh, working with individual investors, financial advisors, and institutional investors. All right, so I got a pre-IPO company update here for you for the week ending 30 December 2022. Today, we're going to hit on big company news for last week, large capital raises for last week, individual pre-IPO company stock performance update. Uh, we're going to spotlight Stripe to an individual pre-IPO company and also talk about emerging technology, uh, brain-computer interfaces, and uh, we'll end with some Q&A. All right, so uh, first up, we have some big company updates. All right, so Instacart, the online uh, grocery and delivery service, cut its internal valuation by 20% this week to $10 billion. Uh, the company last raised a $39 billion valuation in March of 21. That number's come down a lot in the secondary market. Uh, this new internal valuation is like 74% lower uh, than what their last primary financing round was. The company's uh, offers uh, option plans. A lot of these pre excuse me, a lot of these pre-IPO companies offer option plans uh, to complete uh, and, and are required to complete these 409A valuations, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. Uh, by the IRS annually to set the fair market price for their stock. So uh, these third-party companies, um, uh, third-party companies complete these uh, 409 valuations, and startups usually uh, can also update their internal stock price for competitive reasons too, for recruiting. Right, if you're trying to bring on an employee and uh, their stock option price ex execution price is at 50% uh, higher, where kind of kind of the current market value is for the company, it's not very attractive as an employee to come work there, right? So they'll reset these internal valuations to get the option exercise price kind of more in line with the market, which then I think helps with the recruiting as well. But Instacart's prime for an IPO. I think once uh, the market turns, we're going to see these guys go public. All right, GoPuff, uh, the convenience store delivery app is partnered with OpenBay to help GoPuff's uh, de uh, delivery drivers save on auto services. So OpenBay provides drivers with upfront pricing on repair and maintenance services. Drivers can book appointments nearby uh, with nearby service professionals that offer up to 25% discounts on parts and labor. Uh, so naturally, GoPuff's looking out for their drivers. Uh, it's got to be competitive. There's a lot of these services out there, a lot of delivery services out there right now for uh, these kind of contractors. So naturally... Uh, off, having these competitive offerings or benefits might help attract people and have them drive with you. Uh, GoPuff has a $15 billion valuation as their last primary uh, capital raise in July of 21. Okay. And uh, ooh, I got the wrong logo in there. So that we're talking about Plaid here, right? So Plaid is the financial data aggregation and, and compliance solution. It laid off 20% of its staff in early December. Uh, its most recent cuts uh, will probably come from their engineering team. Zach Parrott, Plaid CEO said the following in a letter to employees. Let me read this to you. Uh, the simple reality is that due to these macroeconomic changes, our pace of cost of growth outstripped uh, the pace of revenue growth. I made a decision to hire and invest ahead of the revenue growth and the current economic slowdown has meant that this revenue growth did not materialize as quickly as expected. So Plaid has a $13 billion valuation as the last primary capital raise in April of 21. All right, so looking at some big capital raises for the week. Uh, naturally, it was it was a slow week with the Christmas holiday and the New Year holiday in there. But I did want to highlight two companies. So Stark Future makes electric motorcycles. The Varge is the name of their motorcycle. It's an off-road dirt bike. I'm not much uh, I'm not much of a motorcycle guy, but these uh, these things look pretty cool. The bike costs twelve thousand nine hundred bucks each. 
If you order one today, you get it in June of 2024. So it's not a mistake. That's 18 months from now. It's a really long time to wait uh, to get a product from, from somebody. So hopefully this capital raise here that they're doing will shorten that kind of delivery time or manufacturing time, help them get some scale. Uh, Stark raised 53 million Series A at a $510 million post value, money valuation. And then uh, Form Mo Mobility is a subscription-based electric uh, commercial truck solution for businesses. So this is a really interesting idea, right? So these guys let a company subscribe and have access to electric trucks that are stored and maintained at centralized facilities. The drivers pick up the truck in the morning, they make deliveries, they return the trucks at night for charging and maintenance. Uh, they currently operate in San Francisco and Los Angeles, who's in these like larger metropolitan areas where they can they can drop off and pick up and make sense, right? So Form raised $12 million at a $63 million valuation is 91% increase over its seed round in December of 21, which was 13 months ago. All right. So now we're looking at some returns for the week. So here's trailing returns for the broader investable secondary market, a pre-IPO market. It's just ugly across the board. Pre-IPO stocks underperformed the S&P 500 more than 30% uh, over the last year. This is kind of like a, a one-year wrap-up, if you will. And the S&P 500 growth by 20%. Just, just not a great year for, for private uh, tech stocks. And, uh, and you can see that from the growth of $10,000 chart that most of this underperformance was locked in in the second half of the year. Right, the S and P and kind of pre IPO stocks were hanging in there together, and then you know once that second half of the year hit, and it looked like things were not going to recover, the pre IPO stocks started to trail off in in a pretty material way. Um, and you know shifting um, shifting individual company performance, Kraken had a great week. I'll talk about that more in a second. And Epic Games just took it on the chin. So I, I have to imagine that like this Epic Games uh, underperformance. Or downturn was a direct result of that FT, F, uh, FTC fine that uh, Epic got for 520 million, and I know they kind of corrected all those issues uh, several years ago. But the fine just hit uh, in kind of mid December, so perhaps this downturn is related to to that negative news. Um, but in a surprise in the quarterly numbers, that's what we're looking at here, right? Kraken uh, crushed it this quarter. So clearly, some folks are out there. Uh, placing some bets with Kraken uh, that they'll win market share now that FTX and some of these other crypto exchanges are folding and gone out of business. It's naturally like whoever's left is going to do well, especially if crypto kind of comes roaring back, which I think a lot of people do think that's going to happen in the long run. Uh, I'm not surprised to see Open OpenSea getting crushed in Q4. Uh, the NFT market, it's got some soul searching to do, definitely. Uh, that's my opinion. And uh, trading art might not be a most viable use case going forward, but I do I do have hopes for that kind of that in, in a, NTF um, technology. And I think there's a lot of applications that could hit mainstream that could bring perhaps bring an open sea back up. I'm not sure if it's going to kind of get back up to the echelons of where it was, but there's certainly a lot in the NFT space that uh, that that could be out there. All right. So the the year to date picture has uh, been brutal. Right. And we've been talking about this for the last uh, several weeks. Right. But SpaceX continues to be the darling. You know, they recently announced just this past week that they're out raising capital again in one hundred thirty seven billion dollar valuation. So it's a it's a modest eight percent increase. But with everything else going on in the world, it's still incredible that these guys are are appreciating value. The last time they raised was in June of twenty two at one hundred twenty seven billion dollars. So uh, so not a great year for pre IPO stocks in general. And uh, that kind of mirrors. What's going on in the public, uh, the public tech market with just the bloodbath that's happening there? So it's it's the same same type of uh, performance here in the in the pre IPO space. 
All right. So now we're going to do a spotlight on Stripe, right? So every week, every week we kind of take a pre-IPO company and do a little bit of a deep dive here. So Stripe is an online payments company. It's available in 47 countries and offers acquiring card issuance, wallets, bank transfers like ACH, and then buy now, pay later. So if you start a business and you want to accept payments, right, online or on your on your mobile app, you can go to Stripe and they have a great solution, right? Super simple to get going. They have uh, they have solutions where you can literally take a snippet of code or use their page entirely to process a payment, or you can um, do a full blown like kind of API integration directly into your workflow. So it's 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 a great it's a great solution, especially for technology companies or folks that are more web focused with their businesses. Uh, or internet focuses with their businesses. And the pricing is competitive too. So the company's been around since 2010. So it's about 12 years old and uh, accounts Amazon, Google, Spotify, Ford Motor Company, Microsoft's um, uh, Atlassian, Wayfair, Peloton, Instacart, Twilo, Lyft is customers. So you can see it's like the who's who, right? Of, uh, of, of technology companies and also incumbents like Ford Motor Company that, that use these folks. Um, all right, so the company's got a 63, I, I have the company at a $63.9 billion valuation based on my calculations and leveraging eight view secondary market pricing, right? So that's down 33% from its primary financing round. They had a they had a, a, a 409A valuation in July that put the company at 74, but as you know, like the market's come down since then. So I, I think it's I think it's closer to 63, 64 billion uh now. Um you know, from a financials perspective, they generated $13 billion in 2021. That's kind of the latest uh, revenue number that's in pitch book, right? Hopefully we'll get a 2022 number here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, they got like the who's who of investors at this at this place. You can see the list there. Uh, a lot of the old school uh, PayPal guys, Elon Musk and Max Lesh and, and, and Peter Thiel are in there. But uh, but everyone's getting a taste here with, uh, with, um, with uh, Stripe. And the business model. So, like, let's talk about that for a second. So, they earn revenue primarily from the online payments. So, again, that's you know, someone going to a website, a company's website, type it, putting in their credit card information, and then submitting it, and then getting charged for for the service or the good. But um, but to dive in a little bit more, you know, they're getting the acquiring, they get the acquiring payments. That's what I just described. They have fraud monitoring. So naturally, somebody comes in and, and is using a credit card. From a different part in the globe than than where that card's registered, et cetera. So that fraud monitoring's out there, and Stripe offers uh, those types of services. They use some customer invoicing, so they've started to open up these other kind of other businesses, uh, ancillary businesses that complement that that kind of primary uh, online payment acceptance uh, 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 service that they have, and then marketplace services as well. So if you're like you know a Spotify, you want to collect fees from somebody, but then you need to pay a portion of that out to the to the folks that have the shops on your on Spotify, they facilitate those types of payment as well. And then just recently, like in the last two or three years, uh, they've gotten into the card issuing space. So that's what like I, I, I was doing a little bit of that at SoFi Galileo uh, as well. And uh, and that's an interesting space, but it's just emer there, it's just emerging. I anticipate it's probably going to get bigger. There's applications of that which you may not um, which may not be obvious. So interchange with debit cards, so you, it, like a bank would or Stripe would issue a debit card with a bank partner uh, to an individual. And then that individual can use that debit card to go and spend. And a lot of times that's um, that's helpful for like fleet management could be a case. So a company is using uh, Stripe for kind of online payments, but then they also have drivers out there and they need to fill up their cars with gas. 
So they need a debit card to do that. This could be a way to facilitate that. They can put a card instead of like a Shopify sending, um, you know, sending an ACH to the shop owners, they could uh, issue them a debit card and put the money on the card and they could use it immediately. Right. So there's a lot of these kind of other applications that that come out there with uh, with payments. But uh, but Stripe's an incredible company. I think that it's continuing to grow really quickly. I anticipate the valuation will grow uh, pretty substantially uh, over the next uh, in the long run, I should say. And, and no doubt these guys are probably looking to go public here to, uh, you know, when when the market starts to turn. OK, and then the last thing I want to hit on is is brain computer interface and i have a video here so hopefully this will work right um but brain computer interfaces are exactly what it sounds like you put a computer chip or electrodes into the brain and you can start to um you can start to interact with the computer right so this is queuing up hopefully it will come in but Neuralink, which is a which is an elon musk company right elon musk founded company uh, one of the many that he has uh, is is really kind of at the forefront of this uh, of this technology. These guys have um, so so Neuralink, which you can see if this video starts to play, is they've they've taken a monkey and put electrodes into their brain, and uh, which has allowed that monkey to be able to control a computer. So um, so this is some really interesting applications. And naturally, you know, a couple of weeks back, they the Neuralink announced that. They're submitting an application to the FDA to get this approved for like human trials. And they're going to kind of go through what you maybe want, would see with like a, um, like a drug trial, right? To get this approved for use with humans. But what's fascinating and they're kind of immediate applications is they want to help, you know, blind people be able to see. Uh, they want to be able to help uh, folks that are paralyzed, uh, that can't move their hands to be able to use a computer or talk on a phone. That's the application here that you're seeing. But I think long run, um, and if you look at their website, they've even talked about, you know, the ability for someone to connect to the internet and be able to browse the internet. So the applications here are like fascinating, right? Um, let me see if I can hit one more button here to get this to play. Oh, here we go. All right. I think it was user error on my end. We'll see if that goes or not, but um, um, yeah. So, so the applications are really interesting, and and that, you know the one thing that I think about too is that with the pace of technology kind of coming forward here over the next uh, several years is, uh, and really over the next I would say like five to ten years, like this concept of Moore's law and like the acceleration and pace of technology uh, happening faster and faster is like what types of new technologies are coming out or emerging technologies are coming out that will really impact the investing landscape in the next five to 10 years, which for investment is, is not that, mu- that, that not that long a time. If you go back and you just look at like before the iPhone was released in 2007, and I'm pulling together a white paper on this now, and you look forward to like 2022, you know, the top names in the S&P 500 were, are not the top name now. And in fact, some of those companies that are in the S&P 500, like, you know, didn't exist, right? The iPhone shows up and now all of a sudden there's like mobile connectivity and there's mobile apps. Those like things, those things really didn't exist prior to the iPhone uh, hitting the scene. So it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, I'll get the link out of when I send this video, the, the, the link out to the webinar, uh, video webinar, I'll get the link out to this uh, Neuralink video too, so you guys can watch it. But, um, but, uh, but, you know, 
if this happens, like one application, I was talking about this with my wife last night, you know, if you have a brain computer interface and this is now standard, which, you know, maybe that doesn't happen in 10 years, maybe that's like 20 or 30 years out. Right. Um, do children go to school anymore? Right. Um, do we have like desktop, laptop computers? Uh, especially if we start to have these things like Apple and uh, Matt is putting out where, and you know, contact lenses for AI or, uh, excuse me, automated reality, venture, uh, virtual reality, these, these goggles that they're coming out with too. I mean, it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens. And then of course, what emerging businesses come out of these new mediums and these kind of new technologies that, uh, that frankly don't exist today too. So I know venture capital is an incredible impact on technology. And then subsequently those companies end up having a massive impact and, and, uh, on, on kind of the public stock market, the S&P 500 specifically, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see kind of an acceleration of that, you know, in the next uh, decade or two. And, and I'm just kind of curious on which of these emerging technologies will hit first, right? And, uh, and that certainly makes, I think, an interesting, um, interesting uh, component. So, all right, let's hit on some Q&A. I think I'm totally frozen here. Oh, there's the video. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let this play while the Q and A while we talk Q and A. But let uh, let's see if we have any questions. Um. So here, like, I'll, let me just describe what's going on here. So the video, the monkey is using the joystick. There, you can see in the right hand that tube. That that's like a a, a, a banana milkshake. So anytime he does something right, he gets a little a little banana milkshake. But he's using that a joystick. This fellow here is turning on the Neuralink with uh, with the phone the external phone, which is wild. And then they're going to unplug this. So the, the computer is kind of working with him now, setting kind of the baseline. Then they'll unplug the joystick and you'll see the monkey move the white dot to the orange square with his brain and the connectivity that they have to, uh, to, the, um, uh, to the computer. Later, it plays, the monkey plays Pong with two joysticks going back and forth. And the, again, or I'm, I'm sorry, two uh, paddles going back and forth. And, and you can see that the, the joystick is unplugged, right? So this is happening now with monkeys. Like I mentioned, uh, Neuralink's applying with the FD, to the FDA now to have human trials start. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see this type of technology being used um, with humans within you know the next five years or at least the next 10 years, especially with those with disabilities, which I think is their kind of initial uh, use case here. So, um, so okay, all right, we got a couple uh, Q&A questions that came through. All right, so the first one we got is, uh, do you think we'll, we'll see more internal valuation decreases in 2023? So I do, I do, yeah. So I do think we're going to see those pre-IPO companies with option, with option plans uh, they're definitely going to be forced to do a 409A valuation at some point. And some of them may have already done it. I mean, th those don't have to be public. I think what's interesting is, you know, employees see these. Obviously, all the employees at a company see them. Some of these pre-IPO companies are huge. They have thousands of employees. So that, you know, that information is kind of readily available for, for all the employees to see. So, uh, of course, sometimes that leaks out. Um, so I do think that that's going to, some of that stuff's going to start to hit the press, especially for these larger kind of pre-IPO companies. Uh, I think they get a lot of attention from the press. So I, I do think we're going to start to see some of those new numbers, uh, filter through. And then, um, 
And then let's see what else with a question we got here. Okay, here's here's another good one. Do you think the pre-IPO companies will need to raise fresh capital in 2023? So in general, I think that these late stage companies, right, um, are are not going to probably need to raise. Uh, most of them are profitable. A good example of one that needed to raise was Klarna. So they went out this past summer and raised and just got crushed on valuation. So I, I anticipate that founders would probably, uh, and the, in the CEOs and management teams of these large pre-IPO companies, will probably do things like lay off employees or cut expenses and to drive pro- to profitability, or perhaps even tap the debt markets, the venture kind of venture debt markets, as opposed to going out uh, and, and raising capital right now in this type of an environment, right? So, um, so I don't think they're going to do that. But the other thing I think is important too. Uh, is that there's a very robust secondary market for these pre-IPO stocks, and um, and and that's I, that I think a lot of people perhaps take for granted. So if you're an employee, like some of these companies have been around for a while. Like SpaceX was founded in 2000, I think 2002, if I remember correctly. And we were talking about Stripe here earlier. That's 2010, so it's 12 years in. So if you're like you know an employee, an early employee at Stripe, um, you know your stock is your personal stock is probably worth millions, tens of millions, perhaps. And, uh, and you've already been there for 10 years, eight years, right? And you're a multimillionaire on paper, but uh, in your own personal balance, you know, cash in your bank account, uh, it's not there, <laughs> right? Which is, can be frustrating, but there's such a robust secondary market that I definitely think um, you know uh, people will will be able to get access, and companies are doing that. So SpaceX does it now. Every six months, they give an opportunity for their clients to go out in the secondary market and, and do a trade and uh, to get some liquidity. And I could certainly see some of these other um, some of these other uh, pre-IPO companies having a kind of a more consistent structure uh, there too. But you know, needless to say. I think uh, that robust secondary market's there. And I think boards at these companies are allowing people to transact if they need to, to get liquidity. So, um, okay, that's great. Listen, if you guys need anything, uh, I'll stop there. If you need anything uh, from me, please give me a, drop me an email or give me a call, uh, any kind of pre-IPO research, or if you want to talk about the fund that we're offering, the Venture Capital Fund, which is uh, a rules-based strategy that invests into 15 pre-IPO companies. It's the largest by, uh, by valuation uh, in global developed markets, it's an equal weighted portfolio with a five-year term, and we return capital as quickly as possible. But if you'd like to talk about either of those, uh, please do so. And then visit agdillon.com slash research if you want to get more research, uh, either on a week, which we publish on a weekly basis. Um, and then also there's you know LinkedIn and, and uh, on Apple Podcasts, we put out a lot of information there too. So uh, thanks so much, and I'll talk to you soon.